Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome everybody to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 139. I am your host, Klaus Nightbringer, and joining me we have a Talis and a Sayer. What's up, boys? How's it going, dude? I got actual proper sleep. It was amazing. Do tell. I haven't had proper sleep in a while. <laughs> it turns out your doctor might actually be able to help with that yeah. if you have one. Otherwise, burn down the system until we get healthcare. Who's providing the torches? Or do you have to bring your own? Yeah, I feel like this is kind of a roll-your-own situation. <laughs> it's a BYOT. Bring your own torch. Fair. Just, just stay hydrated? Exactly. All right. So what has your last couple of weeks been like? Uh, I, got my start? <laughs> all, I got my healers all to level 80. I did some Bosta and some Delubrum. It was cool. fun. Cool. I, I got reminded that I played Final Fantasy fourteen. That was cool. But did you actually play? <laughs> yes, I did MSQ two days in a row. <gasps> wow. I'm, There's just no content I'm interested in right now. Um, well, what about Boja? No, not my thing. Okay, so we're not going to drag you kick. Well, maybe we'll have to drag you kicking and screaming instead of. If, okay, if there's like people to go with and we can like be streaming or like be chatting and like be bullshitting and boss just just a thing that's happening in the background, sure. But if it's like, hey, I'm going to actively work on this again, I'm just not. Like, it's I'm not interesting. Yeah. You know, when I was on, and yes, I played this week, I didn't see you. So, well, I couldn't well, help you. In, it in doesn't fairness. Help. You yeah. work a lot later than I do, and by the time you get home, I'm probably going to sleep. Uh, by the time I get home, you're waking up. Hmm. You're yeah. I don't do this whole, like, normal thing. <laughs> I start work sometime between 3.45 and 5.30. Oh, yeah, I'm off right. when I'm done, and then I do stuff afterwards. Yeah, that So I'm sense. not... <laughs> And yeah. you are two hours ahead of me. So when I'm going to bed, you've already had breakfast. Maybe. I don't know. Are you going to bed? Are you going to bed at like four in the morning? Yeah, three or four. Okay. Then I suppose yeah, because I'm up about uh, four forty-five. So it's rough. It's actually not ideal. I'm actually working on getting out of it, but you know, things happen. And when you are not a morning person to the point where you've decided to give up on certain aspects of your life in order to continue not being a morning person <laughs> and whatever pays the bills, right? Yeah, or you just get rid of the bills. Uh, easier said than done that's for the some people. One. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard, that's the harder one. Yeah. That's the harder one. I mean, you have to, like, I also only, Go ahead. I only own five cars now, so only. like that's fine. Yeah. Well, okay. I actually so yep. I own two, and then I bought one, and then I got rid of it, and then I ha bought two more, and I have to get both of them up to the shop. But yeah, three since the last show, I've legally changed my name and bought three cars. Nice. Okay. You know, you, you maybe could have led with the whole name change thing. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. <sighs> but no, that, that that that's awesome. Marvelous. 
Yep. The actual legit uh, first name. It was going to be the last name at one point. Uh, my former fiance asked me not to because she wanted to take my name. And her initials would spell arm. <laughs> if her last name was marvelous so she asked if we just couldn't and now i'm like well now your last name is something completely different because you're not married to me so i can do whatever i want right yeah yep new passport new driver's license new social security card new birth certificate change all of the bank account information oh my god change all the irs information oh my god um that's but, yeah it's, work. it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Especially well, when you've had the same Gmail address since like 2004. It's, it's fun finding all the stuff that you're like, oh, I'm subscribed <laughs> to that. How much have I been paying every month since 2011 and didn't notice? Oops. Right. Uh, I've had a few of those, which has been kind of nice to track down. But yeah, legal name change, full thing, paperwork, documentation, and the whole bit. But yeah, the, uh, the marvelous part of the name is actually part of my name now. Congratulations. Thank you. I think that's awesome. You know, doing what you need to do for you and, uh, you know, to everybody else who, who doesn't appreciate it to hell with them. I've got some haters. I've got some people that are big mad and I'm just like, you know what? I don't, I, that's cool, but I'm not going to worry about it. Yep. People get really weird about names. There's yeah. 7 billion people in this world. In what universe do you think that you are anywhere in the top of the list of people I give a shit about. <laughs> wow, that's just cold. Our viewers are right there. Yeah, but I like... Well, okay, how many viewers do we have? Eight? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I like all eight of the people that are on here, including PinionBot. <laughs> I'm sure PinionBot appreciates to. that. Mm. Cool. Anyway, yes, PyroCats, you too. That's why I gave you a ring. Aww. Um... I got a new computer. Ooh, shiny. So I have as many computers as Talos has cars. <laughs> it's true. And, and, and he has as many computers as I have cars. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's we're, a weird balance. We're extremely opposite, Talos. That's one of those like global warming versus pirates graph where like these things aren't related and yet. <laughs> Correlation is not causation, but it does wiggle its eyebrows suggestively and say, "Hey, look over there." Yes, but yes, I I, I picked up a new PC. Um, I I feel slightly dirty because normally I build all my own computers, but um, the the GPU shortage has made that damn near impossible right now. Um, I mean, there's there's a shortage. Yeah, there's a huge uh, silicon. Uh, uh, wafer shortage right now. It's actually impacting the uh, auto industry pretty severely. I mean, they're un unable to produce thousands of cars that they that they should be. So they're losing well. millions of dollars. Plus the fact that um, every uh, current generation GPU is currently out of stock or is being sold for uh, three times the value on uh, other sites. So interesting. So I had to. Uh, um, cave and I bought a custom or a, it, it's, it's a, a pre-built system, but it's all off the shelf parts. So, I mean, I can, I know it's an ASRock motherboard. It's got, a um, uh, PNY graphics card. It's got, uh, I, I, it came with, uh, kind of some generic o Oloy memory, but I upgraded it to some, uh, G scale. 
Um, it's got a Seagate hard drive. You know, it's I mean, it's all name brand. You know, easily replaceable parts. But uh, I didn't get have the fun part of building it myself. I didn't recognize any of those brands you just said. <laughs> but which is fine. But uh, they're all name brand. I'm like, I don't know any of these brands. You're you're also not you know this on the same computer geek level as I am. So. Thank God. I mean, I love you. Are You're you great. Take back from him? I mean, well, no. like I said, you know a lot more about cars than, than than I do, and I know more about computers than you do. So, I actually started doing your job in like 2001, and then I just started realizing that I didn't want to do tech anymore. Not unreasonable. Like I was in networking. I had to take a networking class that included everything from setting up TCP manually in the command prompt to crimping cat five as an assignment. It was a long time ago because <laughs> neither <laughs> of those things gets done anymore. And I still do it on a regular basis for the most part. So oof. Yeah. I well, just, I couldn't get into it, but yeah, it is what it's it fun is. that you have a new system though. Oh yeah. It's, it's really nice. And, Really not utilizing it for the stream today because we're still trying to work out some kinks, but uh, yeah, there's always a little bit to be adjusted. But other than that, it's been running really nicely, and it's it's. I ran the 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 uh, the, uh, the Stormblood benchmark. Mm -hmm. Twenty three thousand was my score. Nice. What uh, was an average score on that? Well, my previous score with my old um, CPU and uh, the twenty seventy graphics card was 16,000. Okay. And then when, when Stormblood, or when Shadowbringers first came out, when I was running on my old graphics card on that system, it was 11,000. So, it's significantly faster. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, other than that, I'm still working out kinks on it, but other than that, it's been really fun. Uh, like Sarah, I got through... Um, Castrum and uh, Delibrum Regine. So I'm finally working on the next step of my relic in, in 14. I did actually play some 14 this week. I even Ooh. streamed some last night. Ooh. While we were testing madness. out the, the setup. Um, aside from that, just a lot of work. Um, like I said, not, I've officially got the, uh, um, you know, transitioned into the new uh position with the new into pay which is nice so it's gonna say you're you're into the new role that you got right yep and sweet it's been kind of nice so it's a little weird you know but eh. getting paid more for doing the same job but eh, i like it nice <laughs> it's always that's always a positive you say that like it's a bad thing oh i'm getting paid more for doing the same job no i'm i, I consider that myself very thing. lucky well, it's bad because I should have been getting it all along. Right, but I mean, other than that, what's bad about it? Nothing. Well, we'll we'll get into maybe that some other time. But. Anyway, I was gonna say there's a couple things bad about it from a management and business owner perspective, but that's a whole other can of worms. Exactly, exactly. Um, oh no, I'm so worried for management. So it, I, it was so busy I forgot to put together most of the show notes this week um I, in fact i didn't put them together until last night um Dude, you're not supposed to tell them this we why? just kind of fake it it's it's, it's no nah, man fine. all in the, the the title spoiler alert the title is a question mark <laughs> i mean that's kind of standard for us well it, 
Um, about the, the biggest news that, that came out, um, well, the fact that we've got Valentino's and Little Ladies Day right now, I think that was last time though, wasn't it? No, no that was this no. time. That just yeah. started this week. Yeah, you're right. That did just start. Um, also there's a whole bunch of, uh, pre-orders up for the, uh, the virtual fan fest, um, stuff. So if you want to, uh, get s- some t-shirts or some, um, little minions or like or real life ones case. yeah matt overpriced though everything is overpriced this year oh, because yeah. we're not going to fan fest they're not getting 70 bucks a pop from us they have to split that up across the merch 70 it, it's like 160 dollars to go to fan fest i don't know because i've never <laughs> been <laughs> really because the first year I was getting a BA, the second year I was in South Korea, the third year I was at a wedding, and then this the second and third canceled. years I never got emails so that I could get my pre-order at all, mm. because mm. as Square Enix is shitty, the second year, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, I don't remember what her in-game name is at this point, uh, I don't play with her that often, she bought me a ticket, then I sold it to South Korea. And then another member of my FC forwarded me her email so I could get it last time, and I died in queue. So mm. I just have decided that FanFest can go fart off in a fire and die, because I'm just never going to bother going. Aww. Well, I've I- tried three times, it didn't work, I'm done trying. Well, hopefully the next time we actually have a live, in-person FanFest, we'll be able to get you some tickets as, as part of the crew, so. That would be cool, but like, we should go as press. <laughs> they don't do that officially. Yeah. Meaning we're not big enough to We're not to get trying invited. hard enough. Well we're not big enough to get invited in on that, you know, side of it. So So we'll, well just go as we us. have a goal. We have a goal <laughs> for twenty twenty two. Yes. Everybody watching us now live at twitch.tv slash Phoenix Radio and those listening on the podcast, tell everybody about us. We or bad, don't care. Just do tell that them. before. Now we probably should be throwing out instead of saying goodbye, say things like like and subscribe, you know. Smash <laughs> that like and subscribe button. Oh god, I hate myself. Right? Yeah, that did sound weird coming out of you, man. Not for nothing. Like, comment, uh, and subscribe. What? Oh, and that just reminds me way too much of Drive Tribe with anything with James May. Every every twelve seconds, like, like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> He's doing it Dude. ironically, but it's hilarious. Okay, I ro- it's like hey, Ben, guess what? The same as regular dollars. Oh god. Hey, you ben. said James May and I was like, "Wait, I'm yep. wearing the dumb shirt that I bought at 4:30 in the morning when I couldn't sleep and I was like, I, I need to make serotonin happen. I'm buying a stupid thing." So I, I bought the shirt. I still love that shirt. That's still one of the greatest shows. Speaking of which, have you watched his cooking show yet? Yes, they're terrible. He's making sandwiches and all of the sandwiches no, are No, 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 not on Drive Tribe. Not on Drive Tribe or Food Tribe. Not on Yeah, on Food Tribe. He's no, making sandwiches on in the basement. Am- on Yeah, that's something very different. But I'm talking on Amazon. We talked about it last episode. No, I haven't watched that at all. On Amazon, he's got an actual cooking show called James May Oh Cook. And I recommend you watch it. It's actually really good. I mean, it's James May doing anything, so I'm in. Yes. James May is, hands down, the most underrated uh, person out of that group. 
Oh, he's the underrated member of the. It's like, well, there's Jeremy Clarkson who punched Piers Morgan in the face, mm-hmm. and there's Richard Hammond who's tiny and destroyed an eight hundred thousand dollar prototype car. Yep. And then there's James who will show up eventually. Well, he, they call him Captain Slow for a reason. I nicknamed a friend of mine's younger brother Captain Slow, and the name stuck. And now he's just stuck <laughs> with it. And he works in inventory and logistics. And uh, we called him Captain Slow in front of one of his coworkers, and that was the end. And now he gets it all the time. Nice. Yeah, that feels like the kind of name that's just a kiss of death. <laughs> yeah. Speaking oh. of which, Alleywitz is not in the chat, but congratulations, Alleywitz, on no longer having Captain Slow as your roommate. <laughs> so yeah speaking going back to what we were actually discussing if you're interested uh, go check out the uh, lodestone for information on where to pre-order all that stuff you know where to find buy our it. shirts buy our shirts they're 31 dollars hell our shirts are a lot cheaper than that i think they're only like 26 and i still <laughs> haven't bought one well, I I need to yeah, w- w- I can help you with that part of it. Um, uh, I just need to get off my butt and click the checkout button. Also, uh, Sarah, I love that we're having a mukbang here on this episode. <laughs> I have water. I don't actually know what that is. I feel like it, I should. It's basically when you're just like eating on stream, talking about what you're eating, and then just having random chats and 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 a good time. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should do a, a, a like PDR a mukbang. We should. Come up with We're something. Ramen. Will... Let's do it. Ooh. That just sounds like a Tuesday to me. <laughs> is is it gonna be the two times spicy ramen? Uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. That stuff is actually pretty spicy, by the way. I would like to burn my soul out of my body using the power of noodles. At least you're not nothing. Doing it with milk. I will find that recipe for the Mountain Dew ramen. It's out on Mythical Kitchen, I think. Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah, just... Like, the thing that really gets me was when I looked at it, at first I was angry because Mountain Dew Ramen, and then it's like, wait, no, this actually sounds like a legitimate recipe. Sarah, I have this un- an unhealthy suspicion that you, me, and, like, the two or three other people that were, like, really into food from... 14 are going to go to FanFest 2022 and we're all going to end up in like a hotel suite somewhere with a bunch of crap from like a corner grocery store trying to make recipes from 14 from memory and, and it's going to be magical and awful and live stream oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> whether we want it to be or not somebody's going to have it up on their phone no, I'm time. I'm I'm gonna bring you bring in the laptop and the cameras and, and the microphones. <laughs> we're bringing the whole shebang and we're gonna live stream that shit. <laughs> Where's that lemon girl that was doing recipes a couple of months ago? She seemed to up and vanish. Uh, that was a while ago, actually. It was, I, yeah, I saw her doing stuff, but uh, Shintir from Maelstrom Radio has ruined pumpkin pie for many people, so we need to get him in on it. I'm down. Uh. We could get uh, Minty Eyes, who, when she finishes doing the One Piece cookbook, see if she'd do 14 stuff. That'd be fun. And I'm sure Chili would be more than happy to be our taste tester. Step one, he has to eat macaroni and cheese. He, he, has he not had macaroni and no, cheese? No, he had macaroni and cheese after our, our uh, um, the, 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 the podcast at uh, 
in Vegas. What sort of macaroni and cheese? Was uh, it like cheap box shit? No, it was at. Were you, were you, do you not remember? I thought you went with no. them. They went. No, he was at the. He was at PDR, a PDR event. No, this was at uh, um, FanFest. LBR. That's the one I meant. Thank you for understanding my brain. But no, it was um, FanFest 2016. They took him for mac and cheese at the um, at the Paris buffet. Oh, okay. I just remember that being a lot of buffet. Hmm. You were in Vegas with a bunch of nerds, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Well, like I said, I, I just I remember only about it because I wasn't there. I actually went and finally crashed after 40 hours. So I remember I got like seven desserts. <laughs> That tracks. I mean, I would have loved to have gone with, but like I said, I would have probably fallen asleep in the ice cream. Didn't you like drive, take like a one hour power nap and then just go for like a day and a half? Uh, something like, no, we, we got there the day before and I actually did get a night's sleep that, 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 you know, over mm-hmm. you know, Thursday night into Friday, Thursday. but from Friday morning until Saturday night, it was straight. Like I said, it was about 40 hours. Why do you do this to yourself? Because FanFest, baby, and Merch Line Extreme. <laughs> Had to get that I am merch. So glad. I am so glad they fixed that for future ones. Yeah. But it was, I, I still say that, that sitting in the hall of the Paris Hotel um, with a whole bunch of other people with laptops <laughs> out playing Final Fantasy fourteen in the middle of the night was an amazing time. Yes, shared trauma tends to do that to people. <laughs> okay, so Sarah's a fucking baby, and the rest of us are gonna go do cool shit at the con. Got it. Exactly. Sarah, yeah, Pyrocats and, and I... Yes, yeah, I, I got a selfie with Yoshi P while I was in my pajamas. It was great. That's actually pretty baller. Yeah. <laughs> no, Pyrocats and I were talking and reminiscing about uh, Anime Expo. And we've met some cool people. I got to meet a bunch of cool people and there were some cool panels and like I ate a lot of carne asada fries and like there was a lot of stuff that happened. But also there's 125,000 people and three hour lines outside in 115 degree Fahrenheit heat. No, there is no convention. There is no guest. There is no talk that is freaking worth that. It was an absolute nightmare. So I'm glad that the line con thing that we had in the mid to late 2000s is finally starting to die down and every once in a while we just get utter nonsense like fan fest 2016 yeah yeah like people have gotten a little bit better at this whole actual crowd management thing a little a lot bit. Of concept. or just don't go to cons that are a hundred thousand people strong <laughs> i like sakura con and it's at 25 and i feel like it's lost a lot of its stuff i really like kamori con which like stops at like four thousand people like 10 years ago they're like we're good yeah, we're not that, gonna go anymore that's it's fine that's like the perfect I feel like size giant cons are just gonna be less of a thing in general like For even sure. once everything is back to normal yeah well i know from friends that work uh with elation and sony they're like yeah we noticed how much money we're not spending sending our staff all over the country to like talk about a show that ends up bombing and uh, we're never sending Funimation crews to any convention ever again. It's <laughs> like, it's not worth it. We're saving so much money and we're spending it in other ways and getting more content and we're turning more profit, not going to cons. Yeah. Yep. I'm in. Yeah, I want cons to be by fans, for fans again. Yeah, that's what that's it should be. That's one of those be. things that 
that just like everyone keeps doing it because of course it's what you do until someone does it and then everyone realizes at once yeah i mean the 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 big con with everything going on um i don't think it's gonna be the same even once we're back to quasi normal also look at the type of people that generally attend cons it's a lot of introverts. It's a lot of nerds. It's a lot of people with questionable health issues. It's a lot of people with mental health issues. And now we're going to cram 20,000 of them into six rooms to hear Monica Rial talk about a show she was in 12 years ago. And that's going to cost $65. And you get to share a Subway sandwich with your roommate after being awake for 14 hours. Not a snowball's chance in hell of that ever happening again. Yeah, that's not way less attractive now. It's just not gonna happen. But someday cons will be back to buy fans for fans. We'll get to do cool panels with awesome people and not with industry people. Yep. The industry panels are fun. I don't need to have fifty of them back to back. Yep. I'm act I that's I'm looking forward to getting back to detour because that's a fan run and all the content for the most part is you know, f- brought to by fans. Like I said, I had a panel at the last one that mm-hmm. I was able to attend, and I've had a ton of panels. I know um, for Verasa, who isn't in the chat tonight, um, she's done a shit ton of panels. Uh, I know our friend uh, Heather Yule, her name's Lady Librarian. She's done a whole bunch of cultural stuff. She used to do all the fan panels, and then one year she said, "I'm going to take the year off." My immediate response was to screenshot her Facebook post, send it to the head of relations and say, hi. And she goes, oh, yeah, you're like the fifth person. Don't worry, we got this. And an hour later, she reposts. She goes, "Okay, so new plan. I'm no longer going as a fan. I'm now going as a cultural presenter. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, you're not taking a year off. Now you're coming as a cultural presenter and we're paying for your hotel room. Also, your husband gets to come for free. and then it was like oh alright we're no longer by fans for fans now we're just hanging out with our friends and I'm okay with that too I mean that seems pretty similar when you uh, think about it alright I liked anyway let's get hey do you remember when we played a Final Fantasy game and then we talked about it in our Final Fantasy podcast no way that's pretty ludicrous that's a a terrible idea who would ever do something like that all right, so this is the Saga Frontier podcast. If you don't haven't bought the Saga collection on your Nintendo Switch, you're not going to understand anything we're talking about. Which includes me. <laughs> Which includes a renamed version of Final Fantasy Legend. Oh, God. How did he describe it? Like, someone had the best description for the Saga games. It, yeah. There's a lot of like, oh, my favorite, my favorite Final Fantasy is Chrono Trigger. I I can't, I want to disagree, but I'm having issues. Or my favorite tactics game was Disgaea. Uh, my favorite, my favorite version of Final Fantasy V was called Bravely Default, and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are, are you really stop. wrong? Are you no, really they're wrong? Not. <laughs> That's the problem. Is I was like. <laughs> I hate this. Also, fun fact, Bravely Default second, they made a second Bravely Default that isn't Bravely Default 2. They're mm-hmm. now making Bravely Default 2. Yep, that's yeah, going to be coming so out. Yeah, that's confusing. End of this I'm year, not beginning sure. of next, something like that? Something like that. Yeah. When they make Bravely Default 358 over two days, I'm out. 
I'm out. I'm sorry. You have to release your games in order, or well, I'm not going to be able to As long as Nomura is not involved with the naming of the games, I think it'll be fine. Ah, Bravely here we are. Found of memories. Yes, exactly. Um, my boyfriend asked. Uh, let me. My boyfriend asked me yesterday to explain what Saga Frontier was, and what we finally settled on was Octopath Traveler. But every character scenario is a separate playthrough, and make it '80s anime, like every '80s anime, at the same time. That tracks. <laughs> I need to go get alcohol. That hurt my soul. <laughs> <laughs> but is he wrong? I'm not even mad because it's not wrong. <laughs> it's just so much <sighs> to handle all at once. All right. Well, it, it it is nice to be able to just BS about random things that, you know, aren't necessarily Final Fantasy related, but... Uh... We, we, we are ostensibly here for a purpose. Yeah, and that purpose is we're getting back into the music, guys. We took a couple of episodes to talk about Final Fantasy XIV because there was a lot of shit to talk about. But uh, we're going to uh, jump back in. And uh, we left off with uh, probably one of the games that I'm least familiar with, to be honest with you. I actually never beat this game. I'm, I've Ooh. seen it all the way through. I know the story. Okay. But it's okay. one that never really garnered my interest, uh, like Seven did, you know? Mm hmm It was just a very different system, and we are, of course, talking about Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, this came out <laughs> in 1998 on the PlayStation, and uh, I had a lot of friends who played it, but like I said, I never actually had a PlayStation, so... A little hard to play the game when it's you know, not so, able to be played. <laughs> I actually didn't have one either. Uh, I actually would like to take a moment to dedicate this episode to my friend Wiley Draconis. Uh, congratulations on getting out of your marriage and up to Idaho. Enjoy your new Honda Accord. Uh, he, when we met in like fifth, sixth grade, uh, we rode the bus home together. We both liked Power Rangers. We were boys that were eight years old in 1993. Of course, we liked Power Rangers. Uh, <laughs> He ended up leaving the school for a couple of years. When I came back into where I started high school, he was in my grade. He had gotten held back a year and he had joined the same grade I was in. And he was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in years. We've been friends ever since. I was the best man at his wedding. I drove down to Utah for it. Uh, he's crashed at my house. Like We've been friends forever. That dude knew that I loved Final Fantasy. Knew that I loved you know downloading ROMs and playing the ROM hacks and finding the translations and you know going down and finding the imported games. He, for Christmas, through his own money and or his parents, because we were teenagers, got me the redesign of the PS1, the little, like, pill-shaped ones. Ooh. He also got me a greatest hits copy, because it had been out for a minute, of Final Fantasy VIII. So after not playing a Final Fantasy game for years and years, I got gifted a copy of Final Fantasy VIII nice. from him. So this was kind of my... Hey, remember that thing that you loved that you forgot about rekindling of why I have Final Fantasy manga and tattoos and stuff <laughs> all over my house and my vehicles and everything I own was because of this game. So it's a it has a very specific feeling to me, not because it's a good game and not because I really particularly enjoyed it, but because it has a whole lot of other memories attached to it. So if I get weirdly nostalgic for a thing that doesn't make sense, that is why. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's just, it, 
at the time, even a bad Final Fantasy game is still a pretty good game in general. They they just tried some really different things for the time. I mean, with the, the the Guardian forces and the junction system, and you know having to draw all your magic, you know from uh, from certain points or convert it um, from items, or it's very very yeah. different. They played a lot with a lot of the combat systems. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII is the only one that is actually much easier if you attempt to do a low-level run on yep. it. Yes. Absolutely. And, and it there is was possible. Also, there was also some stuff about the story that, at the very least, what I remember of talking with my contemporaries about it, there was a lot that we just didn't get at the time. That makes a lot more sense to me now, honestly. Time compression, anybody? Okay, there's part of that, but also some of the, we'll get into some of it as we get into the tracks to discuss some of the tropes and other ideas that show up yeah. in the game. Yep. But there was definitely some interesting ideas that were explored. Yeah, and the 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 whole thing of uh, uh, child soldiers was kind of a really questionable theme. It's a I mean, dark game, by the way, y'all. Like, yeah. it's not a fun, happy time. Yeah, she like, was very wrong from the start. But I mean, if you liked that whole thing, you know, go play uh, it wasn't like, Type Zero. Yeah, it <laughs> wasn't that, oh, it's dark and that's bad. It's a, we didn't get how it was dark. It's just a, why are they going on about this? Why don't they just do that? Yeah. What, when you know what why it needs something. To, okay. Why is this guy being such a dick to everyone? Why it can't possibly be that he's got PTSD the fuck out and is trying to act according to this mental construct of what he thinks an adult is supposed to be. Mm. Yeah, if you need a game where you say, okay, Square Enix is always doing mostly good things, and sometimes they do some not-so-great things, but they're never afraid to do something incredibly freaking bizarre and throw it at the wall and see if it sticks with their one of their biggest most important franchises they will do that if you need a game to throw it as to put on the spearhead of that final fantasy 8 is that game running right behind it is things like type zero uh three five tactics uh like all of this is weird when it came out and it's standardized now 13 the like They've done some weird stuff, but eight, on the other hand, managed to go. We tried something so freaking weird that we're never doing it again, but it's really weird. And now it gets its own little unique space in the S generate that first part of the S generation between seven and nine, which is a really hard spot to fill. Anyway, it's in a very weird place. All right. But the music, the music music is amazing. The music slaps. Go ahead and start with the opening theme. If this doesn't set the mood, I don't know what does. You've got your big dramatic FMV while this is going on as well. Yes. All sorts of images from throughout the game. Like a lot of the other uh, first tracks we've had, it's kind of an operatic overture to what we're about to experience. If anyone has seen any anime from 97 to 99, think of the opening. That's what you're getting here. Music is quiet on listener side, by okay, the way. Give me a sec. 
How's that? <laughs> this oh does also have a lot of spots that are a little bit more on the quiet side as well, so... But this is Liberi Fatali. Huh. Fun fact that Fethos... Uh, Fethos... Fethos yeah, uh, it sounds like vaguely ominous Latin, Latin chanting. It is, of course, nonsense. But it is also the letters in succession of witches and love mixed up together. Two major recurring things in the game, of course. Mm -hmm. Sorry, just adjusting it a little bit down again. It's hard to find a nice balance. <laughs> yeah. This is a sword fight, by the way, with this like crazy string section. If you haven't seen it, it's incredibly cool. Again, leaping back and forth between various other scenes as it goes. Yep, cutting back. If you guys remember, yeah, this is the fight scene between uh, Cypher and uh, Squall, where they both get those scars on their noses. Because Cypher's a goddamn dirty cheat. He had drawn a couple co copies of fire. I mean, it's definitely a great way to get you pumped up to play this game. Mm -hmm. mm, ominously chanting choirs. Yeah, ominously chanting choirs and a sword fight against two people that were supposed to be friends, but basically aren't. Yeah, very Star Wars-y. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the last song in the series was also a very chanty, you know, Latin-sounding song as well. You know, yeah. One-Winged Angel. Right, but that was something that you got like kind of after the culmination of things. Well, yeah. This is starting out of the gate with it. Which is a really good thing to do when you're going, okay, do you guys remember the last game that you played in our franchise that changed your life forever <laughs> and has this really cool booming thing that's right at the end? Cool. We're stuck. They might have set their bar a little bit too high, but it was fine because now we're going, oh my god, I haven't hit new game yet, and that's what I'm starting with. Yep. Holy crap. And then when you actually do start the game, you get this. Very sudden shift. You hear this a lot in the game, especially in the first, probably the first disc is where you can hear it the most. Anybody want a hot dog? Mm. Oh, damn it. I should have bought a melon pond tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a hot dog? Yeah, so he's like, it's a hot dog. <laughs> Ah, look Well, I didn't spring this on you until, uh, well, you didn't see it until last night. Yeah, but I was at Uwajimaya today. I ah. dead-ass bought cake. <laughs> Can you feel my disappointment? I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I was supposed to have cake two episodes ago, and I forgot. So I was supposed to get it last episode, and I forgot. Today well, I was like, cake, so just, I bought it. Remember, yeah. just in two weeks, bring a hot dog, okay? So... This is the music for Balam Garden, the yes. starting location, and the school, which most of our uh, characters, four out of uh, six, 
Uh, you get selfies, Zell, and Squall, and Christmas. So yes, four of the six main characters attend this school. Uh, attend. Okay, yes, like, we actually, the scenario actually starts with preparing for their, uh, their graduation and their final exam. And Quistus is a teacher when you beat her. Yep, she, and she had just graduated, like, the year before. I mean, she's only a, a year or two older than the rest of them. I mean, we're going for all those anime tropes. We've got, hey, here's a bunch of uh, people all going to school together. Except it's a school for mercenary. Run by Robin Williams. <laughs> hey <-oh. laughs> Yeah, Headmaster Sid does have a, a little bit of a, a Robin Williams vibe to him, I guess. Oh, he does. It is absolutely straight up supposed to be, too. Someone at, someone at Kupo Khan dressed like him. He's nice. not quite as zany, but... Yeah, I mean, like, they have the role of Sid changing from game to game. This was... Uh, usually he's some type of scientist, but here he was just the headmaster, so a little bit of a shift there. But you get a lot of the different types of school tropes. You're meeting your various zany classmates. You have the disciplinary committee setting up to be your antagonist. Invoking a lot of that really hard. There's a wonderful, wonderful scene of Quistus being absolutely savage. And it's the, I don't need, or... You know, save that luck for a poor student that needs it. And she just goes, okay, good luck, Cypher. <laughs> straight to his face, just like all the ego straight to the floor. For anyone that doesn't know who Cypher is, uh, think about Kachan from My Hero Academia. Same personality. Yeah. Yeah, he and uh, Squall are um, both gunblade uh, um, efficient. And uh, they're basically fighting for being the uh, the best at at that, like the, the number one, I suppose you can call it. Yeah, uh, it is specifically noted to be an impractical and difficult to use weapon, which is also specifically noted to be the reason that both of them decided they wanted to master it. So that all by itself already gives you a little bit of their personality. A little bit. It's difficult, not as good as just a normal sword. Cool. I'm going to be awesome at it. But speaking of the the gameplay with the uh the, the gunblade, it's actually kind of fun. You know, they did it well. In combat you hit your R1 button as you're watching the animation. If you time your animation and your button press at the right time, you get bonus damage and yep. a bonus animation of shooting a bullet as you're striking someone. Yep. And it's kind of cool it's because pretty cool. you're not actually using the bullets to damage. You're you're more it 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 creates like a uh, uh, the idea is that generally there's an explosive cartridge it makes a blade vibrate so you've got a vibro blade yes. that does more damage yes that very sci-fi in general this was a fairly sci-fi installment of the series yep seven and eight were both very cyberpunk sci-fi futuristic style mm -hmm. 
All right. And then you say as the clip behind you is uh, Quistus on the freaking machine guns on top of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to the songs that are part of that, I think, here later on in this. But Oh, uh, it's in this disc for sure. But our, our next song is very different from what you're seeing behind you. This is the overworld theme. Blue Fields. It's a very relaxed overworld theme in comparison to a lot of them. You also honestly don't spend a ton of time in the overworld in this game. It you're transitioning from place to place. Yeah, that's about it. Because I mean, you're, you're realistically they were trying to keep you of, from avoiding to have to grind so much. <laughs> So, yeah, you didn't spend... Unless you were trying to do the super low-level strat and you would spend a decent amount of time on the beach right away trying to get certain cards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you also had things like, given that this is a more modern technological setting, why would you have to walk all over the place or ride on a, a giant horse bird when you can take a train? <laughs> Train or, or you could car. drive a vehicle. Yeah, I mean, you drive yeah. a vehicle from Balam Garden to nearby Balam. Yep. And yes, it is a waltz. It's a one, two, three piece beat. It's pretty cool. Very peaceful. And I got, I want you all to take this little section, take about 10 seconds of this and just kind of keep it in your mind, keep it in your pocket, and remember it. You're going to need it later. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, though. In between hearing the overworld theme, you're going to get a lot of this. Yeah, what was that in your pocket? It's that nice calming moment where then all of a sudden... This is the main battle theme. Don't be afraid. As you are three teenagers in your school uniforms with your fists, a three-part nunchaku, a weapon that is notoriously difficult and impractical to use, and that's it! Or maybe sometimes <laughs> somebody with a whip. You might have a whip. Uh, you might have the ability to throw fireballs with a creepy beast fireman that you are buddies with that's junctioned into your bracelet or whatever. Like, <laughs> maybe you haven't gone to the is, Probably haven't gone to there so yet. Weird. This game is so weird sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had to do something, you know, ma the Materia system was really good in, in 7. It, it was allowed you so much customization of, e of each of the characters. They wanted to do something very similar and they went overboard with Junction. I mean, they were like, okay, they, you see Magicite, right, from 6, and then you see Materia and you go, okay, that's better. Now the Materia is good and you can move it from person to person instead of the person maxes out that Magicite and now the Magicite just goes to another person but has to start from zero? Ugh. Like, they've made it better and then this, they're like, Junction spells to every stat, including yeah. HP, MP, status, defense, uh, speed, luck, magic evasion, luck. What the? How? Every, I mean, yes. 
It was something that was interesting, like, for instance, being able to custom adjust your status defense for battles. That ended up being something that was a lot more relevant and stuff, so it was a lot more thoughtful and strategic at some points. No, I mean... I just... I don't think it ended up overall achieving what they wanted, but there was still a lot of interesting ideas being played around with. I mean, it made the characters, you know, absolutely, completely customizable. However, people still found, okay, you need to put these things on Squall, you need to put these things on Quistis, you need to put these <laughs> things on Renoa. And that's how you play the game. The bigger uh, thing, of course, being that you would have stuff where, okay, we are changing characters, we are now going to just, you can just move all of their junctions over. Which is nice. And okay, in the dream sequencing where like you don't really need it, like, okay, sure, that's fine. But I didn't like that. Yeah, I could lift up Quistis, remove her, jam Zell under it, put all the same stats on it, and get the exact same playable character. It helped in terms reason, of but. being able to have segments where, okay, no, these are the specific characters that you're bringing because we're trying to do something with the story. It gave them a lot of flexibility in that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it did also mean that in terms of like outside of uh, specific scenarios, characters start to feel interchangeable. All right. If you junction everything properly, then you'll hear this. Of course, the victory theme. Fanfare is always, always good. It plays after winning battles, plays after winning triple triad games. And it also plays when the party finishes their rehearsal for the Garden Festival. Oh, the Garden Festival. It wouldn't be a school anime without the obligatory festival episode. And, and the bad band. Student band hey, at that. The band was pretty awesome in my playthrough. I don't know what you're talking about. Huh. But yeah, generally that initial fanfare is the same, and it's going to be a question of what the bit afterward is like. Yep. This part is very different from 7, which is very different from 6, which is very different from 5, yada, yada, yada. And then there's like 12 that's just like, we're going to do whatever we want. And then there's 13, <laughs> which takes that and says, fuck you, we're going to do something way different. I think that's the only game that actually doesn't have the fanfare. I think oh, it shows right. up once as a callback somewhere, or something I, dumb, if I remember right. Possibly. Now, you were talking earlier about this fiery guy that, that you got hanging out with you. <laughs> this is the music God, you hear when you enter his cave. It's called Find Your Way. This plays in the Fire Cavern, first time. As well as the Tomb of the Unknown King, Trabia Canyon, Centra Ruins. Anywhere that you've got something a little mystical going on, really. Yep. It's a little spoopy. <laughs> a little bit tense well that that first uh time you have to battle you know a, a guardian force uh, a, a summon so to speak you know you're it's very early in the game so yeah it's gonna be pretty tense you start with two if i remember right you start with shiva and Quetzalcoatl. yep and then your yep. final exam or it's not final because your final exam comes after this but you're First task is to go and uh, go to the cavern and beat up Ifrit. Yep, and it's just Squall and Quistus. Yep. Yeah, you now, have, you have Shiva because you need the uh, the ice defense, 
and mm -hmm. uh, you know the the you know since uh, different is weak against ice, you get a little extra offense as well. But yep. <sighs> One thing that was uh, another thing that was interesting, given the whole setting as hey, we are mercenaries. A lot of these standard tropes, like for instance, how do you get money? Beating up the monsters and taking their stuff—that's just a little bit strange there. Uh. Hang on, sorry, finishing the thing here. Uh, so what they would actually have was, hey, you have your mercenary rating and you regularly receive a stipend. You're not going to find chunks of money on monsters in the field. You just get a paycheck based on how good you're being as a mercenary. Yep. And they had a lot of stuff lean into this. Dicking around in the field and spending lots of time not continuing with your mission would cause your seed ranking to go down. Which honestly, like, okay, looking at it from a tabletop perspective, does it make any sense for me to kill a squirrel and get a shield and then sell the shield and get 16 gold? No, that doesn't make any sense at all. Does it make sense for me to kill 400 things, gather a bunch of crap, drag a bag back to town and then sell it and get money? No. So in the terms of like a tabletop, rather than deal with that logistic, we say, you find some stuff that you're going to sell later. You find some stuff you're going to sell later. And then when they go to a store, you say, okay, you have 400 gold. Because it's easier than trying to keep track of all the crap that you accumulate. Here, they kind of did the same thing of, you don't need to keep 99 beast fangs. You don't need 99 hides of whatever. You don't need any of that shit. We're just going to give you 15,000 gil every once well, in a while, and it'll be fine. You still need that stuff, but just for a different reason. For a yeah. different reason. And you get a lot less of it. You don't yeah. need 60 tortoise shells. You need, like, I think, 25 by the end of the game. Yeah, and you use those, I mean, because this game is one of the first that introduced upgrading your weapon using these drops. Yeah, the entire, the entire equipping things uh, paradigm was changed for that. These are people who, ha uh, who uh, train mercenaries who don't really go around in uh, heavy armor, who don't go around in a lot of the other stuff. They have a particular custom weapon. They're just upgrading their stuff and using their using their spells as their protection for that. So a lot of the traditional, there wasn't the usual armor. There wasn't the usual accessory. That was another one that a lot of people found disorienting. Yeah, it was really weird to say, you know, I'm used to, okay, I figure out what the best sword is, and that goes to the sword user. If I have a red mage, then they get the second best sword because mm -hmm. they're going to be casting more often or whatever. And you have that mentality, and you come in, and you go, what do you mean I have to find a magazine in a side area in disc one and then talk to an unmarked NPC in disc two with 65 MacGuffins and 6,000 gil per person to get knuckles that turn blue? What? <laughs> that just doesn't fit in what we've been doing for the last seven games. Yeah, the weapon upgrades largely didn't really affect your power either. The only thing I think they really affected was your limit breaks. Yep. So you don't need to do any of it. <laughs> Unless you, you wanted to uh, do, you know, experience everything. But this is one of the games that, like we said earlier, you can do a low-level run. I think the speedrunners beat this game at, like, level 6, level 7, something like that. And the you go to 100%, you get level 100, you get level 3 spells on everything, you junction everybody to 1 GF, you do all that stuff. You get almost the same gameplay experience, just with more steps. You can play a bunch of triple triads so that you can turn those cards into spells. They wanted you to play a story. 
and they were going to give you a lot of avenues to get there, but they wanted you to play a story. Yep. I mean, like I said, they, 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 but they put in so many different things that people still wanted to, you know, try and grind out everything. But anyway, let's, let's continue. A, go ahead. It's a thing I, uh, the, well, let's go ahead and continue to the next track before I talk some more about this. Fair enough. Seed. There it is. Yep. This is the uh, the theme for Seed. Their organization. Um, it plays during mission briefings and related scenes. So, like the battle that we uh, have to go to at Dalit, we hear this uh, in the mission briefing. Uh, the train heist, uh, a couple other things too. It, it's a very military music, uh, mm-hmm. piece. Oh yeah. Anyway, you were you were you were saying, Sarah? Oh yes. Uh, like you saw this, for instance, in uh, Final Fantasy Eleven, uh, where people would be concerned about, okay, what is the single most efficient way to get experience points, and then hammer on that. Whilst uh, there are people who would appreciate stuff that caters to different play styles, you're also just always going to have people who are concerned with what is the most fastest, most efficient way. It's a thing. But it might not be the most fun way. Yeah. Then again, it, you know, everybody has their own definition of fun. You know, some people may want to try and figure out how to beat this game at the lowest level possible. Somebody else may want to try and get every item in the game, you know, get every weapon, get every uh, upgrade for their um, all of their different abilities. You know, somebody yeah. else might want to try and get all of the triple triad cards. I know you did, Sarah. <laughs> I got all the triple triad cards repeatedly because I also was refining them into spells and items, but yes. Yep. But, you know, this was also, you know, one of the first games that, that brought a side game, a mini game that kept with you throughout the entire game. It wasn't just available in one area or unlock, you know, halfway through the game like the Gold Saucer did. Triple Triad was available basically from the beginning and you had new people to play against. Plus you were getting enemy uh, card drops. So like including at some really strange places. I remember one bit where you're on a space station. We'll get to that later. That's <laughs> by the way, by the way, yeah, undergoing space. an emergency. Everyone's panicking. And then they're like, wait, you want to play cards now? Fine, let's do it. And then they'll play. <laughs> I, there was so many weird things you could do, like break cards into level two spells and then fuse your level two spells into level three spells of alternate elements and then jam those into your attack stats and have max attack stats at like level two, level yeah, three. Crazy. It was yep. it was fun, but it, it was, was dumb. It was made no sense. It's definitely a game that once you understand the mechanics, it is surprisingly easy to break wide open. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But like I said, it's for the average person who played Final Fantasy, it was almost intimidating. It was weird. It was kind of like when we played 2 for the first time before the remaster and before they changed how EXP worked, where you're like, so I get hit and I get more HP, and if I hit something, I get better at attacking. 
Hey, enemy, like, okay. you, go do what, you go do your thing for a bit. We're just going to be punching each other over here. And yeah, it just, it was really challenging to come from, and that's why they switched it, and Ake suffered from the same problem of, oh, there's one dragonfly left. Let's sit here for 45 minutes and draw 300 blizzards and 300 thunders and then hit it once and kill it. It just, it didn't, uh, it was weird. It worked, I mean, but it was weird. No matter how many uh, QA testers you have, you're never going to match the power of hunt thousands of gamers who are poking at it in every free time and sharing their thoughts and actively looking to break every bit of it. Yep. I will say this is probably one of the more interesting uh, uh, GDQ runs that I've seen. People doing this speed run. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, and then we're going to run out the left side of the screen because it saves 12 frames. And you're like, what? <laughs> Just figure. Okay, we're going to go menuing right now, and I'm not going to be able to explain it because I have to hold my breath while I do it or I pass out. <laughs> what? <laughs> this, this game is bananas. Good times. All right, we're moving on to the next song here. Awesome. Sorry, it's very it's it starts out very soft, so apologies. Well yes. This is the this landing is theme. This is a song that builds. This plays when the uh, seed forces reach the shores of Dalit. was your senior class trip like oh you know we raided fucking stockholm i guess it was fine <laughs> yeah pay back the vikings for thousands of years of their raids <laughs> if it was a squall's test but this is the final exam that everyone takes yes. an actual client request to go and in go on a mission to uh, so it all had requested they were having a, it was a Galbadian invasion of yes. uh, anyways yes here we have an actual military exercise going in and here are these students coming in yeah the the, the groups that were fighting each other didn't make much sense I mean you know Balam fighting uh Galbadia and you know Galbadia oh, so had their own garden and because ostensibly the gardens were independent like, like they're mercenaries mm -hmm. they may be located in a lot of places but that doesn't mean that they have political ties to them so what I'm hearing is that the mercenary schools are just a pack 10 league for murderers well yes but they don't like <laughs> to really get into that <laughs> we leave that on the DL maybe also, make sure you hand that 17-year-old a gun that explodes that has a sword attached to the end of it and give him the power to summon a naked ice lady. Make sure he gets that on day one of his freshman year. He's going to need that. I mean, he'll be used to it, given that he started here when he was six. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the other problems also occur in this story. 
Yeah. The biggest problem, you know, something we won't get to until probably the last, maybe end of disc three. We'll we'll start getting into some of that, but there's some other issues with this whole storyline on this. (laughs) Which, I mean, to be fair, the story is actually specifically pointing out, hey, this is kind of an issue. Which, I mean, it's good that they're bringing it up. Anyone that has ever thought video games... Anyone that's ever played any video game coming out of Japan and said, oh, this is a cool piece of entertainment and has never seen the political commentary in it is blind because yeah. all of it is steeped in it hard, especially in the 90s. It yeah. was real bad. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah it's this- funny to see people complain about politics. Why are there politics? Like, there were always politics in your games. You just did we shot Nazis in DOS. Shut up. <laughs> like, we did that. It was a thing that we did. It's okay. You were part of a thing of elite child soldiers whose memories had been uh, taken away by the tools of war. A woman goes to a mysterious land, murders the first person she sees, and then gathers companions to murder again. Welcome to the Wizard of Oz. Like, you can just... (laughs) All of it's really bad if you look at it the right way. Yeah. That doesn't mean it wasn't there. It just means you didn't notice it. Alright, it's almost done, so we'll let it finish. There's now a version of the Lollipop Guild as Lala Fells running a garden going through my head, and I need it to stop. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, it may be better if we go to this song. Something bad going down. This is the theme starting up. It plays at the communications tower when they start their transmission. Oh, shit. Yeah. And we meet a couple of interesting uh, officers. <laughs> hey, Pyrocats. You said something about a movie franchise earlier. Yeah, they brought back a couple of uh, people that they had named in the, the previous game. In Vir- six, too. Oh, six. Yeah, they're supposed to have it there, too. Yep. Yep. Vix. Vix was uh, what Biggs became because translation problems. Was is six also the first game that had them? Six was the first one that had them as the two soldiers. Yes, this is a boss battle, but we are actually referencing the two soldiers that are in the communications tower that you're uh, going against. Their names are Biggs and Wedge, <laughs> named after Biggs and Wedge of Star Wars. And a, a thing they've been in every single Final Fantasy game since six. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we have them in fourteen too. Yep, yeah, we have them in fourteen as well. Yep. In this case, one of them is a, a commander of the other. Uh, so when the Galbadian soldiers doing whatever it is they're doing at the communications tower find that oh hey the uh, garden mercenaries have shown up this could be a problem. And we get the boss theme. Now we get the boss battle. This one is called Force Your Way, and you, this plays basically during most boss battles. Yeah. Now, after the battle with, uh, or during the battle with Biggs and Wedge, once you've gotten them both down, uh, they are both swept away by a wind monster that had taken up residence atop the communications tower. There were a lot of battles where you had to deal with changing conditions and unexpected arrivals in uh, FF8. Yeah, they did a lot of, I mean, realistically, it's 
a faced boss. Like, that's all it is. Two HP bars, reach HP bars to X and Y values, phase two starts. Like, it's it's still a phased boss. We just get the cool animation. So from the viewer side, we go, I'm fighting two dudes. And then, oh shit, I'm fighting a monster. And then, oh, that monster I can turn into a guardian force or a card. But it also just one-shot Zell. Uh, it's not going well. I hope I saved in town before this started. <laughs> also, there's, um, we've talked about some of the boss themes where, like, the sound effects that we get, the fire, the lightning, the, all the sounds that we get fit into the boss theme and make it sound better and different. Like an anime opening, having, like, sword slashes and robot transformations in the song makes more sense. If you have Quistus in your team, her whip makes a really awesome snap sound effect that doesn't fall into beat ever, and it sounds freaking awesome in this song. Yeah. <sighs> also, just having the uh, changing thing, even if technically it's the same thing behind the scenes, it felt like, okay, we are mercenaries who never quite know what to expect. Oh, hey, the thing that the client told us about wasn't the entirety of the job. Surprise, we're going to tell surprise. you about a job. Surprise, we're actually doing this other thing. Repeat ad nauseum forever. This is why you stick to what's in the contract. <laughs> it is Dang a really it. good boss theme, though. We see what we've seen with a lot of uh, the other battle themes where, hey, there's lots of different bits that uh, kind of the give and take of the battle, having sections that can kind of integrate well with anything. Lots of stuff like that. But it does also then just kind of loop around and repeat a little bit, so. Because who knows how long the battle's going to go, especially if you are trying to draw stuff. Yeah, and if things don't quite go right... You become the loser. And this is one of those first fights, because the game is honestly pretty straightforward. Uh, this is one of those fights that you can pretty easily lose, and it does show you what's up if you did not set up your characters well. This is one of the very first big bars that you have to get over. What it puts a little bit of the kind of some pieces of the prelude in there. Well, I want to make sure that you know you're still enjoying the process of playing because part of the process of playing these games is that you're gonna fail, and you need to fail forward, and you need to fail but be okay with it. Putting something that's emotionally bonded to us as players, like the prelude, seems like a good fit. Yep. It's better than a wah, 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 wah. <laughs> You lose. Alright. So take two, we'll go ahead and actually get through the fight. And this is a very f interesting part of the, after you beat uh, uh, Biggs and Wedge and the uh, the, the surprise boss. Elvoret. El yep. Don't ask how I remember that. I, I was going to say, dude. <laughs> Good job. 
Uh, this is the robot spider tank. Yep, X that is going to zero nine two, and yeah, it's going to kill you. It's going to kill you, and don't worry, it's supposed to. The catch is, is that you can run from it, except you have to run through every single map zone that you used to get here. But now you have a fucking spider tank chasing you that can jump, because why not? And it ruins you. And it's this actual scene of the, the tower, the boss fight, and this run is the demo that you got with PlayStation Magazine in like 1997. So this chase scene is one of the first things that people got when they first tried Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. And there's very much the, hey, like, again, you are mercenaries. Your job is not to kill everything. Your job is to get the agreed upon mission done. When this unexpected thing shows up, your uh, your job is to withdraw. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Especially because you're students. <laughs> you're not supposed to deal with this shit. No, I, I think it can be beaten. It can. It can. You get a very large uh, bonus on your e- evaluation if you do manage to beat it. But you still have to evacuate within the time frame in order to get that bonus. Oh, yes. You're going to get left behind if you don't. Yep, because while while this thing is chasing you and and it's, you know, trying to stop you from escaping, there's a countdown, of course. Yeah, Yeah, there's literally a counter in the corner and you've dealt with this mechanic before. Uh, You had to deal with it in in the cave where you fought Ifrit originally. So this isn't something new, except before it was get to the end in X time. Now it's don't die and run out in X time. So it's a different perspective of inbound versus outbound. It's similar yeah. to when you're trying to escape the uh, um, the reactor in 7. While yes. again the spider tank is coming at you you will get drawn into battle at least once and so you do have to actively flee against I it. I thought there were three times when you had to escape. There are, cu- there are a couple that are very easy to end up in but it is possible to escape from it. Okay. There's also like if you know where it's coming you can you can walk instead of run and then it jumps in front of you and then jumps back to its original spot. Um, you can also run past it at a certain thing if you hit like a weird Z buffer piece. Uh, if you don't run from the second one and knock it down in the fight, there isn't a third one that it can hit you with. This is one of those if you do X, then Y, then Z moments that determines where your starting seed ranking is. Yeah. How good a mercenary are you? How able are you to make and take advantage of openings, to read your opponent, all sorts of stuff like that. Stylistically, it just works. Eight's a very, very good game, despite some of its flaws. Yep. And now, when you hit, when you actually reach the beach, we get this theme, Dead End. And this is as we try to get back on the boats and get the hell out of there. Yeah, making that last charge down the, uh, the beach. It's again switching to that full FMV. And you're getting shot at. Because the tank is enough of a threat that you no longer matter. And the boats that you came here on are firing back at the beach with you still on it. <laughs> This is a full-on military operation. Yeah, you're you're a student. Not everybody that came with you is, though. 
I mean, there are a lot of students. It's mostly students, but... Finals are on, man. Yeah, you think your finals were rough. <laughs> <laughs> Run down this beach and get shot at. Okay. Deliver orders to these other units while moving through streets filled with hostile innings. Worst pizza delivery challenge ever. <laughs> it's just American Ninja Warrior, but you're holding a pizza and you're barefoot. Like, <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> That's basically this mission. Good times. But you make it back. Thank and, God. And now you're in Balam. Do you go to Balam? I don't remember where you go. I know that's what the song is from, though. Well, no, I think that's where the... That's where you took off from, so the, the, the all those ships uh, land oh, back yeah, at Balam. Now, this is the town of Balam as yes. opposed to Balam. Not Garden. the garden. Yep. It's a pleasant little seaside town. Yep, there's a lot of cool stuff that you can get here. There's some people that you can uh, play against to, to get some new cards. I think you have to play them pretty early as well, otherwise they're not available in like in disc two. Yeah, a lot of people. I'm trying to remember because like I know a lot of people come and go throughout the game. Isn't people Zell's be mom there, they in, in Balam? Yeah, Zell's Zell's mom. You fight her to get Zell as a card. Yeah, and you have you to play triple triad against her. Yeah. <laughs> Still a fight. <sighs> and oh, it's like an A852 or something. It gets really good. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have. A lot of people play Triple Triad. A lot Speaking of people of have cards. Triple Triad? <laughs> One of the, the catchiest songs in Final Dude, Fantasy. There was a, period where, a period where I heard this song in my dreams. <laughs> but no, this this is a slapping, you know, mini game song. I mean, it yeah, plays This is a mini game. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, in my dreams. Well, you know, to some people, they would rather play this than actually play through the rest of the game. <laughs> you can do both. Oh, triple try it. You had your base game, of course, but then so many rules variants, only some of which we got in Final Fantasy XIV. You had wall where the walls would kind of wrap around so you could have attacks coming from all sides and those corners weren't safe at all. Are you grabbing all right, your, your hang on. card? Let, me, let me get the rule book out. Hang on a second. And there was an entire system whereby you could spread rules to different regions or entirely eliminate rules. I went on a goddamn crusade to eliminate the random rule from my world. <laughs> Alright. And now we shall read from Dr. Marta's official almost fully complete guide to Tripom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So Kubokon actually makes their own triple triad cards. They're called Tripom cards. It's uh, your friend uh, Sarah's one does a bunch of the art for like series one and two. Yeah, Wave Chan. She's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she did most of the art for series one and two. Like, ta-da! Like, that's a really cool aura. Um, the actual cards are in full color. Uh... But it explains like how the actual game works and all the rules to play it. And then we actually have paper cards that we can sleeve and actually play with. Um, I brought clear sleeves to the last Kupocon and sleeved all my cards and scared the crap out of everybody. Because <laughs> nobody was expecting the cards to be sleeved. 
<sighs> Actually, well, the other big difference I can think of in between eight and fourteen was that winner <laughs> took a night. I've been using it as a mouse pad for like three years. Winner would take a card from the loser, which often lead to a panic reset when you lost and they took your really awesome card. Right. <laughs> and then they stole Ifrit and Zell and you reset your PS1. But uh, you could only take cards that you had successfully captured during the game. So it's not enough to beat Zell's mom. She needs to specifically play Zell's card. You need to capture that card and keep it during the course of the game and still beat her. Yep. And when you have something that has a A on it, you're going, okay, cool. I can't beat that with anything I have at this point. So the best thing I can do is a nine to beat her eight or a six to beat the five because she's not going to play the two in the center. She's going to play it on the bottom edge. And you're like, I have to also play the rest of the damn game. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. It's a cool challenge, though. And it's a wonderful distraction from, let's be real, we've played a lot of JRPGs. Sometimes you need something to get away from the game that you're playing. And it's in the game. Yep. And helps you in the game. That said, keep it up too long and your seed rank is going to go down because you're going around playing fucking card games instead of doing your job. Tell, tell me, sir, how, um, how do you know that? Just curiosity. <laughs> no curiosity. Comment. Okay. No comment. Just checking. All right, let's move on. I'm not going to go dig my tripod out because that's a problem, but. Dude, plus rule was my jam. Pirate Cats, you wanted a waltz? Yep, this is the waltz for the moon. This is the dance when Squall and Renoa actually get to do that their infamous dance. You're yeah, the best looking guy in the room. God. <laughs> okay, for the did you see that the cosplay somebody fucking did? I know, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's a really shitty pixelated face. Or it is a mask and it's had a little like chat box. And but for the time with how graphics were, I was like, okay, no, this is actually fine. It was so bad. But you yeah. look at it now. Oh yeah, yeah, the remaster looks a, looks yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, it, the, yeah. it was but just still, the OG was, was so bad. And this, uh, the FMV for this entire thing, just uh, Renoa dragging Squall out to the dance floor, stumbling steps, bumping into another couple, Squall ready to step off, stalk off. Renoa pulling them back in, and the two quickly uh, adapting into a rather charming looking dance. Squall later explaining that needing to approach someone oh. on a dance floor as part of a mission might be an actual thing they need to do, so he can learn fast. <laughs> of course. He just didn't want to show off. People. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into Squall's issues later. He's got a lot of them. Uh, but the I, I don't think we have the time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to put an entire episode on that one. Uh, the Squall's Issues is the name of this episode. Um, the leitmotif here being another one that we'll be hearing throughout. Uh, a, this uh, Final Fantasy also became famous for being one of the first ones with not voice acting, that would be Ted, but it did have a song with lyrics in-game. Yep, Eyes on Me. Yep. And so that being kind of a central song to it gets invoked in a lot of different tracks throughout this game. Yep. Especially anything dealing with the idea of like love and romance. Yep. 
and most things involving Renoa. <laughs> well, am I wrong? <laughs> Renoa is someone I have had a lot of arguments with people about. I like her. But yeah, if you know the song Eyes on Me, you can definitely hear it, so. Alright, if anybody wants to know about the meme that we're quoting, <laughs> here you go. I threw it in chat. Nice. Alright, let's go ahead and move on to the next song. The big graduation ball. Yep. So, this so, uh, plays during a kind of a... a, a, a special moment between... Uh, Squall and, and Quistus. She basically pulls him aside in the training area and she's basically been fired as a teacher. Yep. Yep. Turns out that being a young graduate who got promoted to teacher, even though she was about the same age as Squall, doesn't necessarily make her mature enough to be handling that role. No. That's another of the recurring things we have, especially if you see in so many uh, Japanese, like in anime, in video games, you have these improbably young characters going and doing all these things. It's like, would they actually be equipped for that? Look at Evangelion, where Shinji is so psychologically not ready for any of this. Why would no. you even have a kid piloting your giant robot? Because that's the target demographic. Yeah. And that's all it is, and that's all it's ever going to be. There is no reason to have 13-year-olds be in a hero course. Like, that's dumb. But 13-year-olds are reading the manga, so guess what? That dude has a belly button laser. That girl's a frog. Let's go. And th this kid's a little lecherous perv and has little grapes that s s spot off his body. <laughs> Fuck Meta. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> But, but like, yeah, Quistus was really definitely think. not equipped to be a teacher. And I was even kind of like when she was the teacher at the very opening scene, I'm like, isn't she like just a super senior with a job now? Like, what is this? And then obviously she's like, hey, I got fired. So since you're the student I like the most, I'm like, hi, that's a problem. And it's like, <laughs> I'm just going to hang out with you for the rest of the game. Yeah. Quistus is, of course, dumping her heart out to Squall. She, she's trying to process this. She needs someone to talk to. Squall may be not the most appropriate choice, but it's this kind of decision-making that led her to this position. Well, okay. If you have to pick a student to talk to about a very serious issue at Ballum Garden, your options are Cypher, e. his two cronies, no thanks. Fujin might be okay. Selfie, Zell, Wall or the other kid that was in the four people at the graduation ceremony upstairs. He eventually gets a name. Yeah, but like, you don't exactly have great choices. Yeah, there's not a lot of people your age. Well, I mean, no. at, at least Squall is not going to say anything. No, I would actually... not going to remember it after about no. 20 minutes. I was going to say, I Squall mean, or Fujin are your top two yeah, choices. Gonna like, Squall's yeah. even just like, whatever. And they're, they're even whatever's uh, half happened. <laughs> even at this early point in the game, there have been several points where Quistus is teasing Squall, being able to predict what he's going to say. And when there's he's going to say like, whatever. Or there's a couple <laughs> other points where he's starting to say something similar and she jumps in to finish the line. That is so classic. Like, I love it. They are. She feels like she knows him. So here's someone that she can talk to. And she is rudely awakened from that. Yep. 
And as they are leaving from their discussion, and you're leaving or trying to get back through the training center, this yes, place. You went to this. You went to the secret hangout buried in the training center. Now, yeah, you went to make out corner with your former teacher. That's not weird. I wonder if Squall even knew that's what it was. Probably not. I doubt it. Hashtag ace coded. <laughs> nah, he was just uh, too busy playing with his sword. He also fell in love so hard he went to the moon. So like, I don't know. We'll get into, we'll get into Squall's issues later. But yes, the training center, being the training center for a school of elite mercenaries, works under the whole principle of a live fire exercise. You are specifically warned in the uh, in the student database type things that there are monsters roaming around there. That this is a thing that you'd go in at your own risk. And hope they're you not running the T-Rex. Yeah, there's also a Tyrannosaurus that you can fight. <laughs> yep. Because, sure. Why not? That sounds totally legit. We've already got every other weird-ass thing going on today. Why not a fucking like, dinosaur, right? You gotta wonder whose job it is to, like, stock the place and, like, make sure the animals get fed. Because ideally, they are not eating students. Yeah, I think they went to Jurassic Park to, to fill this up. <laughs> Well, the, the whole uh, theme park aspect of it didn't work, so they had to get rid of their attractions, I guess, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's so, yeah. why they put it in there, mainly because, well, it was, well, I, you, you fight a, a Tyrannosaurus, a bunch of dinosaurs, actually, in six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dinosaurs I are also just cool, right? If you're doing a thing for, okay, let's be real. It's a JRPG and it's a video game. Your target demographic is male and between the ages of like 8 and 15. Yeah, you put in dinosaurs. That in Jurassic Park just did do. just come out, you know, within the last few years when this came out, so. Plus, living in Japan, I can tell you movies come to Japan, American-made movies come to Japan about two years later, give or take, pretty consistently, even all the way back to the 90s. So a 1994 film came out in 1996. This game came out in 1998. That's about right. Seems right. Then, probably my favorite ah. theme, at least from so, the disc one. But, hold uh, up just a sec. Just to set the stage. Uh, as we go through, they get assigned to a new mission uh, to help out some type of uh, outfit in Galbadia. And we're actually seeing some of that play out behind you. We are. Where as they're riding a train to Galbadia, they start to feel strangely drowsy, concerned that there's some type of attack on the seeds. All of your party members pass out to enter a strange new setting. This is a banger. Love it so Literally. much. <laughs> Man with the machine gun. Now, I hope you guys have both have heard the uh, the, the Smooth McGrew version of this. Which one? Uh, smooth, you know who Smooth McGrew is, right? Mm-hmm. He does everything acapella, multi-part. Oh, amazing, yeah! He does an amazing version of this. I will dig that up after this. It's so good. If you if you haven't, uh, just go search YouTube for it. it it'll be Holy. well worth it. This is also a team of three people, and you get to see... Like, you think you have unique weapons in Final Fantasy VIII already? 
Welcome to this bullshit. Yep, you play as One. three characters, three uh, <laughs> soldiers from Galbadium, Laguna, Kiros, and Ward. Laguna's weapon is actually reasonably normal. It's it's a machine gun. And the, he is Just the man fine. with the machine gun. With the machine gun. Ward decides he's going to like visit the docks and just grab a harpoon that's the size of an anchor for a fucking cruise ship and just yeet this son of a bitch at things and <laughs> they die. It's awesome. And Le and, and uh, Kiros has arm blades. He has arm blades that aren't attached to his arms. They're just handles that swing. He spins so fast that they don't move and they can cut. They're punching daggers. Punching daggers are a long time on a tradition. Maybe not like that, but... But it's Japan, so they're going to use them however the hell they want. Well, yes. Also, Ward is the size of a whale, and Kiros is a very, very skinny black man with dreads. And Ward Laguna is, amazing. is a hippie. <laughs> Laguna is a hippie with super long hair and a machine gun and an alcohol problem. And you're pretty much thrown into the scenario with these uh, three, these Galbadian soldiers, ostensibly the enemy. You're now in the heads of the enemy. You have a machine gun, some fishing equipment, and some blades that sort of work, I guess. And a couple of them, hopefully, have some of your spells. That'd be cool. Some of them don't. That's always fun. <laughs> What's funny to me is when Ward throws that harpoon, he has to run after it and recover it. <laughs> he just does like the big guy anime run all the way across, picks it back up, and then runs back. Yeah, it's it's amazing. The, these three are. It is comic relief. Um, the, the story that that you're um, experiencing in this is, is it, it may it'll make sense later on in the game, but for right now, you're like, what the fuck is going on? And you are not the only one thinking that. As they chat between each other uh, with their text in white as usual, you see a lot of gray-colored text popping up in the boxes as well. And for the first parts, it's pretty much just all question marks. <laughs> but you learn a little bit about uh, Laguna. Oops, yeah. wrong, wrong one. Here we go. Yeah, he's a soldier. He's thinking about getting out of the army. Maybe become a journalist. Go around the world. Write about all the things he sees. He's got a crush on somebody, too. Yeah. Nice lady who plays piano at the hotel. Named? There down in the lounge, Julia. having a drink. Again, you hear that leap motif. <laughs> and there they are, sitting at their table, enjoying their t uh, time off, having a few thinking about going up to talk to the pretty lady playing the piano, getting a leg cramp because, oh my God, Laguna. <laughs> but she likes him too, and she actually invites him up to her room. Ooh la la. Oh my. <laughs> you knew that was coming. I'm happy that you have that soundboard. These are consenting adults. This is fine. Yeah, these are adults now. They're 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 not old, but I mean they're like twenties. I think at this point they're like early twenties. Uh, somewhere there. And one of the people who gray text people who is watching this is just so frustrated and exhausted at everything Laguna does. It's 
actually to see Laguna going through his slightly cringy moments and then this background observer ragging throughout. And this song is called Roses and Wine and plays when Laguna and Julia are talking. In her room. Yeah, Laguna's reasonably plastered at this point, telling her all about his dreams, about pretty much everything. He's a total goofball in this sequence. It's actually kind of adorable. He's Twitter-pated. The word you're looking for is Twitter-pated. Yes, that is a good word for it. And Julia's into it. Well, she's into him. She seems to think it's uh, cute, at least. Fail forward, Laguna. <laughs> shoot, shoot your shot. See what happens, bud. It's still a nice little song, though. Yeah. It's just like this quiet, sweet moment. Getting to see both of these people in this unguarded moment. Julia herself has been thinking about a career change. She'd like to start singing. So yeah, both of them, young adults at this point, on the cusp of some kind of change, kind of blindly groping through the world to figure out, okay, what is it I want to be doing? Where am I? Who am I? Who am I with? It's this really beautiful, vulnerable moment. Our unseen observer does not share my... Not even a little bit! Yeah, actually, so... We do... uh, After all of this finishes up, we do wake up with... uh, Our seed team in the train again. And we find that they were the ones who were watching this. And as the others are discussing what just happened, Squall's first thought is, I dreamed I was an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've just got a couple more songs left in this disc. Next one being Junction. This plays in areas like the Deep Sea Research Center. Uh, More mysterious type of areas. Yeah. I believe the first point we hear is actually kind of Squall deep in thought exploring his own memories and seeing some strange scenes. But yeah, it this is, as I said, leans a bit more towards the sci-fi, uh, to the sci-fi than fantasy, but this is when you get the stuff that's at least a little mystical and unexplained. Yep. kind of a little bit of a spoopy song. Yeah. Something not wholly understood is happening. Yeah, there aren't that many pieces, uh, heart pieces in this soundtrack, are there? Not really. Couple. And it's kind of this slow bit. Yep.
And then the final song of disc one. Ah, uh, yes, when we meet our client. The Timber Owls. They're a rebel force. They're going to do it. Really, guys? <laughs> We're going to do our best. These seeds are obviously unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> Timber Owls and the Besaid Aurochs are um, same, same, same. A little different, same, same, though. <laughs> they try really hard, though. Yeah, they do. Their heart's in the, the right place, but... The Timber Owls are a resistance group seeking the liberation of Galbadia. And they, ha uh, they have hired the seeds in order to help make this dream a reality. <laughs> we find out that that's actually what Renoa was doing at that graduation ball. She was there on behalf of the Timber Owls uh, to, hi to hire seeds. Sid gave her a very friendly rate. And as we later find, a very vague and open-ended contract. Squall is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we, uh... I had a four-hour wedding plan that took seven hours. And I was like, hey, we need to redo the contract. My business partner was like, why? And I was like, we're redoing the contract. Because <laughs> that's not happening again. Very specific contract. Everything outside of that contract cannot happen in my presence, because I don't care. But yes, for whatever oh, reason, Noah. this contract was left very vague and open-ended. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Made life difficult again. <sighs> <laughs> it's just a cute little song. It really is. They're just, they're so eager and intense. And they're like, look at our cool train model. Look at our plan. We have the best idea. We're yeah, going to change the, the world and us. be great. <laughs> it's actually playing right Oh, now. God, it is. <laughs> right. And you're just, you're sitting here just being like. Whatever. This is this, like fucking freshman level communications course bullshit that I want no part of and you're there with experience and you're just like I hate everything that's about to happen but you have to do it because you're on contract yeah even your teammates who are usually a little nicer about these things start remarking about like this is kind of a bad job isn't it when selfie knows that it's stupid you know it's stupid <laughs> And she's the one who was suggesting that the message they want to broadcast might be everyone, peace and love, or that you can uh, reroute this entire plan by just firing a rocket launcher at the president's car. Like, Selfie's not exactly a brain trust here. She, go she goes zero to 100 very quickly if it's something violent. It's a little concerning. I like her, actually. She's yeah. one of my oh, no. characters in the game. She's, she's the best. I find her delightful, but you find out over time that Every member of your party is a bit broken. And that's I mean, disc one, guys. That feels way shorter than I remember it being because my game file got corrupted like halfway through, so I had to replay all of disc one. <laughs> but yeah, it gives us a real good intro into uh, this really weird 
game in the Final Fantasy franchise. Yeah, it is definitely a strange one. They are playing with a lot on the story. But remember like to story. remember to junction zombie status to your attacks. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. It's a good time. <laughs> well, I hope you guys yeah. enjoyed that. And in two weeks, we will jump into disc two, unless something really major pops up in the news. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys Please are enjoying stay. music again. Please, and, news, stay nice and calm. I mean, we and we've you, got you, lots more music to talk about coming up soon so i got nine and ten hmm. in the wings <laughs> i'm not sure are we gonna end up uh, if we're gonna end up skipping 11 though because you know like there's 14, a lot of 11 there's a lot of music i think we're gonna either we're either gonna skip 11 and probably end up skipping 14 for doing music music but i think what we might be able to do is the three of us together we all pick like 10 or 15 tracks that we really like and then like we the greatest just, kind of thing. Yeah, and then we just do like, a, okay, well, we all pick these nine or whatever, so like we stick those in, and then we have like forty something unique tracks. We just go through those. Yeah, that's gonna actually take some work <laughs> from us, though. <laughs> God, yeah, oh. that is that does require effort. I hadn't considered that as a problem. Well, we all know that. Uh, I think all three of us would end up picking sanctuary, right? Hmm? Am I right? We'd all mm -hmm. three of us would end up putting sanctuary on our list for eleven at least, right? Zital sanctuary. Uh, yeah. Sanctuary of Zital. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say new plan. We're just gonna play that. All <laughs> night. I, I, I know Aurori would love on. it. Aurori would absolutely I was gonna, completely dig that. I was gonna do some amount of gamesmanship and be like, you know what? At least one of them is gonna do Sanctuary of Sitar. I don't need to put it on my list. <laughs> oh god, it's Actually, a trade sequence. God, I love this sequence. It's so ridiculous, but so good. Yep. All right. Uh, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we go ahead and uh, close this uh, this this episode up? Man, I kind of want to play eight again now. Played nine like a month and a half ago. I mean, they're all I was like, I want to be familiar enough with this so that we can talk about it because it was going to come up sooner than later. But I don't own the remaster of eight. And God, am I not digging out a PS1 and an RCA TV <laughs> to make that happen? Reasonable. I th they, they go on sale relatively frequently, though, on PlayStation Store, so... They do, and I have a PS3 still hooked up, so like I can just grab it if I need it. Well, PS4 as well, so... Oh, it's true. If I'm getting the remaster, I can just get the PS4. Exactly. Um, yeah, because, wow, then I would have 7 Remake, Chapter 1, 8 Remake, 9 Remaster, 10 and 10 2 HD Remaster, all on PS4. Dang. You just need to get... No uh, excuse. Uh, the... Um... Zodiac Age. 12. Yeah, I need 12. Yeah. That actually has been on my to-do list since like 2017 when it came out, and I just keep forgetting <laughs> that it's a thing. I mean, if you've got your like, PS3, you've got the, the, the 13s, right? I have the 13s. My PS3 is actually like 1 through 13 minus 11. Like, oh, okay. it's got everything on it. It's awesome. It's the only reason I still have it, frankly, because it's it's kind of a brick. It doesn't really do anything, but it's got so many FF games on it, and God knows the PSP is never going to work again. Um, they pulled the servers for it, so like if you want to put things on your PSP, you have to hook it to a PlayStation Three mm. to make that happen. Well, Vita doesn't have that problem yet, which is nice. So Vita doesn't have that problem yet, but like it will. When's the last time we've heard anything come out for the Vita? Yeah, I mean it's. That's true, but like at least they haven't like completely shut down any services for it. I think they're like 
some of the uh, things like I don't think Netflix works for it anymore or the YouTube no. app, but uh, you can at least still uh, play your games. You can still play games you have, but like, you know, yeah, this bad boy doesn't do anything anymore. <laughs> That's paperweight now. Um, there's just a lot of things. You know, technology happens though. Because I mean, uh, my P- my Vita. That's how I've got three right now. I used to have it on my on a DS, but that DS is long gone, unfortunately. So, if you are lucky enough to live in a place where you can get a lot of like older classic vintage consoles for not a completely wallet breaking amount of money, you can get that super cool, authentic backlit DS SP experience of playing the Final Fantasy three remaster, or you can just play it on your phone. <laughs> it's the same. It's the exact same version. Like that's a thing. And yes, it's a touch screen. It's a little different. It's less tactile. But depending on what you really need to play it for or no, want to play it I, for, I have to say though, I really did enjoy the, their use of the two screens in in on the DS version. It was very well done. I missed that portion of it when I had to go over to Vita. There is something to be said. Like the two screens thing was not well utilized because most people just didn't want to because it was so much work. But like. For Chrono Trigger, it just didn't matter. Having a second screen literally didn't do anything. Most games just had it run as a screensaver because they just didn't want to deal with touch-sensitive menus. And now I sit back and I go, you were handed incredible amounts of potential and developers just say it's too hard. Yeah, that's, that's We missed sad. out on a lot of good stuff that probably could have come through. Yeah. But- yeah. Oh, well, doesn't matter. Moving on. Don't look backwards. We're not going that way. Let's look forward to disc two in two weeks. Um, anything else you want to discuss? There is. No, I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I, and with with Sarah just kind of sitting back there going, shut up and just get on with it. Oh no, I had the four styles music going in my head again. (laughs) Oh, I thought you wanted to go get another buttery Jack. I didn't know what was going on over there. Yeah. He was kind of in la la land. It's so catchy and cute. Well, on that bombshell, that's going to do it for this episode. <laughs> all of you. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us, and comment. Like, comment, and subscribe <laughs> uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is. And if possible, leave us a rating or review. It does really help us uh, know how we're doing and helps us um, be found throughout the community. Um, if you really dig the show, you can consider, uh, being a subscriber here, here at twitch.tv slash Phoenix radio, where you get access to a number of, uh, subscriber only emotes and badges. Um, or you can go out to our patreon.com slash Phoenix radio page, like our benevolent overlord or Rory Fenrir and support us that way. Um, we still have that thing where if you want to uh, support us at a, I believe it's a $20 level, you will get your own awesome uh, custom title as well as access to uh, some behind the scenes stuff on discord and, and things like that. So, um, but whatever kind of uh, support you want to give us, whether it's just a like a retweet, a comment, um, if you subscribe or support us on Patreon, all of that is greatly appreciated and, and, we, re- we really do utilize that stuff to, to help grow the show and improve the things that we can bring to you guys. So um, we really do appreciate all of the support. If you want to check out our backlog of episodes, you can go out to our website at phoenixstarradio.com. You can email us questions, comments, uh, suggestions at podcast at phoenixstarradio.com. 
Um, or you can check out all you missed the, the live episodes. You can go out to youtube.com slash Phoenix star radio and check out all of our videos there as well. So to watch Sarah and I eat snacks for episodes on end. It's great. Uh-huh. You know, I was doing some thinking and, and you know, we're doing this every other week. What if we were to, to do something small and, and just goofy on some of the off weeks? I'm down. Like not a full length episode kind of thing, but you know, maybe a half hour, hour type of thing where we just sit and rant about something random. I mean, we do enough of that in the podcast as it is. Maybe we can just, you know, extend that out to something else. We just, we just get it out in a different way. Uh, I'm super down. If you guys want to hear that too. With a a small prod, I will talk for hours. He's not wrong. Occasionally I'm the one prodding myself. Oh my. Hey, Sarah. One day you will think about someone for the last time and you will never know who it is. Yep. It's sad. I was really hoping that was going to blow your brain just a little bit more, but I guess it didn't. That's okay. No, nah. no. I had my staring into the void phase. It was like third grade. <laughs> Damn it. Wow. Damn uh, it. But I can't beat you on experience now. <laughs> if that's something you guys out there listening would like to hear, uh, to hear or see as well, let us know. Uh, if you have an idea of something that you would like us to cover um, for something like that, we'd love to hear about that as well. So just let us know. Send us an email, whatever. Uh, shout outs. Who wants to go first? You. Oh. Ha ha. Um, shout out to my friend Steven, who just recently started the game. Uh, he is uh, over on a different data center because of a friend of his helped him with setting up the computer getting a lot of the other stuff done and so he's like okay i kind of have to play with this guy but give it another few patches and we'll get to hang out and it'll be great yay Yay. uh he decided that he wanted to get everything to level 10 uh before he picks a main thing to do and i have not been worrying about flooding him with information on that and then he ended and then he ended up level 15 fisher without even trying so fine oh god sarah you're a bad influence you are a bad influence. This was before I said anything to him. Sure. I doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Subliminal osmosis, man. You, That's you, how it is. You put it in his Sometimes brain subliminally. You just have to enjoy the subtle, uh, c- the subtle calming joy of fishing for hours and hours. I found one kind of fishing I want to do. It involves a bow and arrow. <laughs> Ooh, or dynamite. I would try that. You go bow fishing, and then the reel is attached to the bow. Yep. I was like, "This looks dumb. I want to do it." <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> and how can people find you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at ff fourteen sayer. That's f f x i v s e y r r. You can find me on our Discord, uh, which. We always say this, and I forget the thing. It's uh, discord.phoenixdownradio.com. It's phoenixdownradio.com slash discord. phoenixdownradio.com slash discord. I generally pay attention to that throughout the day. Uh, Yeah, those are the two big ones. Always happy to chat. As established, I will chat for hours at the slightest provocation. Don't tell him that, Pyrocats. Tell us that you have a bow. I've fired her bow before. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a euphemism, but I know it isn't. Hey, Sarah, I also gave her a ring. That one is also sexual. 
It's not, actually. It's on her right hand. Huh. I'm just gonna keep going. Like, we could just get as bad as we can. She and I have also gotten, like, free dessert and stuff before, so, like, we just let it ride at this point. <laughs> Alright, Talas, you're up. Okay, so I would like to give a shout-out again to Wiley Draconis, best friend Will. Uh, thank you so much for giving me that copy of Final Fantasy VIII uh, back in freshman year of high school. It definitely kind of reinvigorated a lot of what I wanted to do, reminded me that I did want to work in video gaming at one point, and allowed me to focus on that for a number of years of my life. So again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Uh, for Pyrocats, uh, thank you for going with me on Dumb Adventures to buy silly snacks today. I love doing silly adventures with you. It's entirely too much fun. Um, for Sarah, thank you for introducing me to a TV show that I didn't think I was going to like, but ended up binging through in the course of a week and a half. And uh, for Klaus for being incredibly helpful, getting me out of my very tiny minimalistic brain and understanding the world bigger than me that is plugged in and has far more screen time than I ever will. <laughs> We all need to get out of our comfort zone somehow, right? Yeah, I'm just having to be dragged out by my fingernails, and I don't really enjoy it. <laughs> but when you get out, you have a great time. It's true. It's true. But no, I, I understand when you, you get comfy, you're like, you want to stay here. Leave me but alone. I have chair, and I'm wearing comfy pants. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, at least with this, you don't actually have to go anywhere. It's true. Also, if anybody wants to find me on the internet, a place where I also don't go very often, you can find me on TikTok or on Instagram at Marvelous Tofu. You can also find me on our Discord at Marvelous Tofu, which I check every two weeks for about three hours on every Saturday night. It's true. It's true. And I want to shout out to Luna. She has been going through an amazing transformation. Um, she posted today, um, five years ago, almost five years ago, she and I went on a 5k run. It was the, my, I dragged her out to her first 5k and, um, I was there supporting her and she finished and it was amazing. Um, the reward shirt that she got for signing up, the largest size they had was an XL and she was quite a bit bigger than that and it wouldn't fit her and i told her that day don't worry you'll fit in it well today she did and i am so awesome happy for her so proud of her you know she has been working so hard to improve her life and i am just amazed I've Dude, been that there. Is so cool. I have been there and I know exactly what she's been going through. It's not easy. It's real. It's really easy to fall back on it. I have, um, well, you know, getting hurt doesn't help that either, but, um, she's actually <laughs> motivating me to, you know, want to start, you know, get back into it again. So Luna shout out to you. You're awesome. Awesome job, lady. Congrats. Shout well out done. to Talas and Sarah as well for, uh, you know, I've been kind of busy the last couple of weeks and, uh, radio silent and like message them. It's like, Hey, what do we want to talk about this week? Oh, let's do music. Okay, cool. <laughs> let's do a thing. Let's, let's grab one of our things from the can that we just sort of have. And yeah. it was great. I mean, I, it, it was a slow news week for final fantasy, you know, um, yeah, we, we, we get a lot of we those. Got anything. 
I mean, we got like just bombarded, you know, the last month. So it's kind of nice to be able to jump back into some of these fun things and uh, the things that remind us as to why we're doing this in the first place. So shout out to you guys for uh, for sticking around. Shout out to Sarah for eating his food. <laughs> uh, just the timing of it, man. Shout out to Aurori for just being an amazing patron, amazing uh, friend of the show. Just the support that you give us is is beyond measure. It's beyond you know, beyond any type of monetary worth. You're just awesome. So thank you so much for that. Hope you had an amazing birthday and an amazing uh, trip uh, down in uh, Florida. And shout out to everybody listening to us live here at Twitch.tv slash Phoenix Star Radio or on the podcast. Um, if you are listening on the podcast, come join us live sometime. It is a good time. So for my co-hosts, Sir Timono, for Talis Marvelous, I am Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful night. Thank you so much for joining us again, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Over the music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Choke War theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by Guitar Wanker 90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash Guitar Wanker 90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.